I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time though. Ah, Absolute Radio. The home of the, the home of Frank Skinner. Saturday mornings from eight. Ah. Absolute Radio. Welcome to Not The Weekend Podcast. I'm Frank Skinner and I'm with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Hello. Oh. This is your uh, second contribution, Alan. It's exciting. Indeed. I, uh, and I've noticed I have a habit. I think it's because I'm the new boy. Whenever you say Alan Cochran, I feel the need to go, hello. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll get out of that. You know what I like? Hopefully. It's a bit like a contestant, Frank, on Blockbusters, which I rather like. It's like, mm. hello, Bob. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Well, they often do that, don't they, on those shows? Um, mm. On um, Family Fortunes, they said Les basically every... Se- you had to say Les at the end of every sentence when you spoke to Les Dennis. Yeah. Um, and So what do you do? I'm a plumber, Les. And, oh, and you had a bit of a strange incident, didn't you, with uh, a dog that got caught in a cistern? No, Les. <laughs> oh, it was a shot in the dark. I didn't, I didn't read the research notes. I, I just got to the point of confidence now where I think I, you'll be able to have a story about anything I can come up with, any formula. No, sorry, Les, I feel I've let you down. Forget it. <laughs> I'm having trouble with my marriage. Do you think I want this in my life? <laughs> so, um, anyway, well, I, he, I had a, what, what I'm going to call an incident. Tell us. Oh. Only, uh, this is, it's borderline, a funny thing happened to me on the way to the studio, but uh, it isn't that. I wish you'd been going to a gig at the Forum, that would have been excellent, <laughs> oh, yeah. still going. Oh, God, uh, yeah, that would have been brilliant. Go on, but, Or a toga party held <laughs> at the Forum. Um, anyway, look, I was, I was crossing uh, Waterloo Bridge... Frank, I'm really sorry to interrupt you again, but you did something brilliant this just then. You did a Simon Cowell look. It's the first one I've ever heard from you. Can you anyway, hear a look? Anyway, look. Yeah, I can hear. <laughs> look. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can hear that. Yeah. yeah. R- right, look. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Uh, that was... I don't know if that was as good as last week's performance. Uh, but it was really... It was, you know, it was really good. Um, you could win this. Can I just say for a split second when you said, I don't know if that was as good as last week's performance, I didn't realise it was a Simon Cowell impersonation and you were looking directly at me. Oh, no. I was thinking, oh. it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Oh, well. It's really nice off, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but it was nice of you to call it an yeah. impression. I'd say it was more of a recitation based on some of his uh, catchphrases. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't doing the voice. Anyway, I was, I was crossing Waterloo Bridge and... Um, there was a man leading, I would say, 25 Chinese people towards me. Uh, an, Eng- an English man. And he was obviously, you know, he had, he had the raised um, stick. He was obviously a guide to a guy. And he said... Um, as we, a stick? Yeah, he had a stick he was holding up so that so other people could see, you know, so they could see where, where they oh, were going. Oh, right, I, I thought yeah. you meant he was using it to usher people. It does no, sound no. like there was an Englishman <laughs> flaying 25 Chinese people to cross a bridge. Get across the bridge. No, it was... Uh, no, he was ahead, he was leading them. He wasn't driving them. I'm not suggesting that for a second. Shepherd. Anyway, um, so... Uh, as we as we got close, I see a lot of you know. T- I live very in in the heart of mm-hmm. uh, of London, so I see a lot of tourists. I thought nothing of it. Mm. He said, "Oh, and um, here's our first celebrity <laughs> of the morning, uh, Frank Skinner, ladies and gentlemen." Well, obviously, it meant nothing to the Chinese. I weren't even <laughs> sure if they spoke English, and if they did, they wouldn't know who I was. So they th- there was the odd sort of noise, mm-hmm. but they were very unimpressed. 
not interested, looked at me as if I, you know, I, they had no use for me at all and carried on. And I thought, this is how, all those years ago, the knife and fork must have felt. <laughs> 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 that sense of rejection, perfectly, you know, in, in my own context, perfectly successful, but the Chinese, they won't have it. No, they really won't. And then in another thing in the street, uh, a bloke said to me, do you know you look just like the dog on the Walls advert? <laughs> he didn't. Well, I mean, what does that mean? What is the Walls advert? It's a... Uh, there's a talking dog, isn't there? I mean, is there a talking dog? I think there's a talking dog on an advert. Oh, well, I'm liking I mean, him better. At least he's... not exposed to many adverts, but I, I think that is it. Yeah. yeah. Does it oh, sing well, or...? I don't feel so bad about it if it's articulate. It's very articulate. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does is it verbose? Yeah. It's hilarious, Frank. What kind this of dog is, what, is this it? This is what I do, Alan. It's really funny. It's yeah, but really he said I look like it. He didn't oh, say, okay. it didn't say I, I had a similar <laughs> level of wit. And he said, it's a funny, handsome dog, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's that funny, handsome dog on the... With a lovely, soft skin. Mm-hmm. And it advertises walls. Mm, yeah. Is it the soft What, for urinating up? <laughs> Oh, it's sausages. I think it's Wall's sausages. Oh, they've gone a bit root one, haven't they? What, well, they what are we going to use to advertise sausages? What about a dog? <laughs> yeah. It looks like Frank Skinner. Yeah. Hmm. So, what, what kind of dog breed is it? I don't know. I, I think it's um. Is it a cartoon? Dog? Are you lying, Alan? Oh, it's a cartoon. I, I know I've sprung this on you, but I only just remembered it. Mm-hmm. It's not a Springer. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, thank you. Oh, thank you. All. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, I'll, I'll look into it. Mm. It'll be on YouTube, isn't it? Oh, I would think. And it's on the telly. <laughs> I know, but I can't wait all day on the off chance. Besides, good stuff to do, haven't you? Good stuff to do. Also, I might have, I might have to watch ITV, which <laughs> yeah. is the ultimate sacrifice, I find, with one's, one's time. Yeah. Do I've actually had it. I've actually tipexed it out in the Radio <laughs> Times. That's the first thing I do every week when I get the Radio Times. Tipex out ITV. <laughs> like, it's not going to. What am I going to watch on there? Brilliantly retro pastime <laughs> in so many senses. <laughs> <laughs> but is there an online Radio Times? I don't think there is. I think you, there's only the paper version. There's Sky Plus now. Yeah, mm. but it's not the same. You don't get, you know, interviews with um, Thora Heard. <laughs> <laughs> I've Through ruined, Derek Acora, obviously. I've ruined several televisions tipexing ITV off my Sky Plus. <laughs> <laughs> the, the you should use whitewash. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, mischievous boys can write things in it. Even tipex is a bit retro, isn't it? Not a bit. Who's I... still using it? Anybody? Frank, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, I've, I, I thought I'd use it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going to let it go dry. Anyway, you're Mr. Martin. You've got an iPhone. I have this week. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Have you got it sort of specially? I thought, oh, now that I'm in with the in crowd. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> fantastic. The suggestion that we're anything be... approaching the in crowd is very Well, we both, we both have um, oh, you're right, phones right. of that nature. I don't, I don't yeah. want to advertise, of course. I don't yes. want to advertise on, uh, on Absolute Radio, <laughs> where advertising, of course, is a definite no-no. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> how are you finding it? What are I, you driving? How are you finding it? I'm uh, I'm I'm not great with it. I, I I'm really quite uh, I'm I'm what they call a late adopter, as you can tell from the fact that I've just got one. And everybody else has had them for mm. ages and ages, and I just I, I I basically lost an iPod and had an old phone that was a bit rubbish, and I thought, well, I'll do both. But so far, I haven't been able to get my music onto the phone, and then it took me ages because. When I got it, they said, oh, yeah, it'll work. And then I put it on both my computers, and they were both 
running on such old operating systems I had to update those and, and then I transferred my contacts from the old one onto this one <laughs> and lost half of the numbers oh. in my phone which lost them yeah uh, there was a sort of a random cull of half of my numbers um, and not even with any premeditation so I've lost I, I'll I will be able to <laughs> oh here we go, here we go. <laughs> just a little, a little right from the ground <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'll be able to get in touch with... But, like, my mates Dave and Pete are now not in my phone. I've got their emails somewhere, so it'll be fine. But some people have made the cuts that really do not deserve to. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, so, like, there's... Do you I think most deserve to? Because I I'm actually think you've done a great thing there. Oh, really? Mm, you've done an inadvertent cull. But you should do it anywhere as a matter of course. I think the phone should do it randomly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do. You can have too many friends. I think it should be like countdown when the numbers round. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should say, right, I'll have uh, two off the frequents, uh, one off the relatives, and one off the met them only once. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have to go, and you just and you cannot yeah. call those people under any circumstances. That's Very liberating. And also, Frank, I have. It's. I see it as you know the wardrobe rule, Alan. I don't know if you. Do, perhaps you don't when if i haven't worn anything for longer than six months out it goes that's a wow. year in everyone yeah. else's house yeah right six months so i think friends are the same if you haven't called me you're out that can't work for six months because of the seasons <laughs> <laughs> that means that come the end of summer you have to throw away all your winter clothing yeah, good or not get, i work a season ahead right i'm now on next spring summer don't start thinking about it. You won't be able to cope. So, which, which season are you in? Are you in season? <laughs> so I thought that was the drains. <laughs> I've already done autumn, winter 2011. What? Have you? Mm. So, so they're in the wardrobe waiting. They will be shortly, yeah. Piece, it feels pieces like are I've, coming in. I've only just got an iPhone and you've got a time machine. That's what this feels like. like I now feel like a really late adopter. <laughs> I can barely keep a phone number and you're working a year in advance. What, how's that work? Well, my, my friend of mine, she... Um, I remember, this is pre-iPhone, she sat with her address, but she decided one... She was a woman of, of big decisions. Mm-hmm. She decided one day that she got... Um, as she got older, she had less time to spare... And she thought that she'd rather spend more time with people she really liked than less time with people she didn't, including people she didn't. So she went through her address book and just crossed them out. Wow, brilliant. And she said, you know, she weren't too strict. Anyone who was very borderline, she'd leave in. But, you know, mm. any, but most, she said she got rid of about 40% of the people. I like the idea of anyone that's borderline leaving. It's almost like the benefit of the doubt on the offside rule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll go with the attacker. Yeah, the line is theirs. <laughs> definitely. No, I think that uh, my problem is with the calling, from, certainly from the, the phone, is um, there's two reasons for contacts, I always think. There's, there's, there's knowing that they've called you mm-hmm. because how, hurrah, and there's knowing that they've called you. Oh, I'm not answering this. Exactly. And if you take out the people you don't like, those that then the danger thing happens. I did uh, on the old phone. I did go to the trouble of writing down a woman that was in a car insurance dispute with me, so that, <laughs> so that if she ever like rings me in a sort of antagonistic way, I know to screen it. So that was I did. There's not many numbers in my phone that I really want to screen. I always feel a bit worried about screening. Stick around with me a bit longer. (laughs) I screened somebody in a public place the other day and thought, can they see me? If I just coincidentally walk past someone and they've gone, oh, I'll phone him and see if he's screened. You know what I mean? No. Tap you on the shoulder. No, I do get that as well. I don't understand. 
Okay. Well, you just get paranoid. For example, I was on a sun lounger in the south of France recently. <laughs> Someone called me, and he's the sort of person that travels a lot and might well be in the south of France. And when he called me out of the blue, I thought, I wonder if he's here. Right. And I screened him, and I just thought, oh, maybe I'll look around and he'll be jump out of the pool yeah, or something. I'm on the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't understand what screening is in that respect. You're just ignoring the call. Oh, I Dropping see. the call. You see, yeah. I don't take any calls that, that, that a name doesn't come up. If it's just a number, I never, ever answer the phone. Mm-hmm. There's someone who phones me from Cardiff three times a week. <laughs> Really? No idea who that well, is. Well, why don't you stop paying the maintenance then? <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't. I mean, it's, it's cheap living there, isn't it? I would bet that is um, one of those call centres that just sends out those blind calls that they're doing some kind of weird insurance thing, or that they want you to phone back to see what it is. There's some, some murky... Have you Googled the number? Well, I Googled it to the point where it said it was a Cardiff number. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that was all I needed to know. <laughs> I mean, okay, it could be someone at the university. <laughs> wanted to speak about Johnson but, or something. But, you know, if, if it's Charlotte Church begging for work, <laughs> I don't want to have that embarrassing conversation. No. But I'm, I'm quite, hiding from Charlotte Church, that's my, that's my basic. I was quite pleased, because before the call, uh, a bloke who bought a car off me years ago had made three... I think he'd gone through two different phone transfers, and I quite liked the fact that he was still in there. (laughs) Yeah. And he phoned me up in the middle of the night to buy my car. I'd been to... He sounds like a partying type. Well, he I, sounds really like someone who couldn't get a cab. I <laughs> he didn't have a car. <laughs> oh, God, I'm never going to get a cab. Have you got, have you got loot? Let's have a look. See what we've got here. That's what they're doing. Exchange of marks. Yes. Yeah, it was quite weird, because I had been to watch a Richard Hawley concert with my mate Noel. We both realised that our wives or girlfriends were away and that we'd... Wives or girlfriends? Mm. It, it, the wags were away. <laughs> and we'd, uh, we'd gone to watch a crooner and we sort of made a tacit agreement to have a few beers and uh, and then we're in the cab and at half past midnight this guy phones up and goes, I want to buy your car. It says £1,200, will you take 1100 <laughs> <laughs> This is not the time, mate. I've had a few drinks. <laughs> can we talk about this in the oh, morning? Oh, you put him off. Yeah, I said, can you can we speak about this in the morning? Oh, no, we had to walk out. And the next day... <laughs> <laughs> if you to see, if I found someone to buy their car and they said I'm at the Richard Hawley concert, I'd say forget it. Oh, I didn't <laughs> tell him I was at the Richard Hawley concert. No, I, I didn't tell him that. that I was, uh, I was, I was <laughs> in a cab from coming home. But he lived in the same block of flats as me, so that was why he'd I'm seen... I'm surprised me. he called you at all. Yeah. Did you have one of those things in your car yeah, that said... A, you had one of those stickers a, yeah, in the yeah, car. Oh, I like those stickers. Oh, no. Did you have Ono oh on the end? Oh, no, yeah, no, I didn't. Why did they put Ono? Oh did no? I have Ono oh on the end? I think, I think John Lennon was asked that in an interview <laughs> in 1972. <laughs> he said yes in the early days. <laughs> yeah. Frank, what does it mean? Does it short... Is or it nearest mean? offer. Oh, I never knew... Oh, I oh, never it's, knew! It's, oh. It's, it's a combination of an idiotic eureka moment and, and a, an um, acronym. An acronym. Wow. Oh, it's my dream. Yeah, or nearest offer. And Oviano is all very near offer, isn't it? Oh, I didn't know that either. I had, um, and my other car's a Porsche. That's like a joke thing. (laughs) (laughs) Not in my world. No, no, true. (laughs) I had uh, a mate, uh, and he, every time we passed a car park that had one of those stickers in, he'd look at it and go, hmm, not bad. (laughs) Always. Always, always. The other car is a Porsche, or no? The uh, one that was for sale. Uh, The Ono car. (laughs) No, when he read um, the other car is a Porsche, he laughed like a. (laughs) Who wouldn't? (laughs) 
Baby on board. I, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, that's... Unless, of course, the driver is a vivisectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, one of my favourite crimes was committed this week. <laughs> do you have a list of favourite crimes? I do. Um, well, no, I should say, this. what I liked, what appealed to me about this crime was that it involved someone using a skill, which wasn't necessarily connected with the activity, but essentially it was a contortionist thief. Oh, yeah, the contortionist thief. In a suitcase. How brilliant is that? In You know when you go on coach trips and... Um, why are you sniggering? I'm, I'm laughing at the idea of you knowing what a coach trip is like. I, mean, I don't know you that well, but... I just didn't have the ring of sincerity about, you know, when you go on a coach trip. Yeah, well, that time we no, did the National Express. Like the, one, the one at Jordan's wedding. <laughs> the see-through one with the ponies. I see. <laughs> uh, did I say coach trips as if there are inverted commas around it? <laughs> yes. You know, you know when you go on coach trips and there's the big luggage hold and the man waits there for your luggage. Uh-huh. Well, this is the point at which the contortionist thief would clamber inside, get inside the case. His accomplice would zip him up. Then he'd have a rampage when the coach took off because he had a little headlamp. Apparently, he'd unzip and then start going through all the other cases. Brilliant. And he'd steal things. But then I think his plan went wrong when the accomplice abandoned him in a case somewhere. Oh. Yeah. It's brilliant, though. It is, a, isn't it? He was in a left luggage office somewhere <laughs> for three months. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened to that MI5 guy as well. <laughs> no, I felt... He wears a, he wears a little headlight, doesn't yeah. he? headlamp, yeah. Like on, on his thing, and he's got a little pick. Thing. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. the moment the coach starts off, and everyone's up front. He, he's in there in the back, like in a little grotto, <laughs> going around with it. It's so brilliant. Yeah, it's uh, and even the contortionist thief sounds like an Enid Blyton story, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, 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 I know what you mean. I'm very admiring of him as well. I, I was hoping that I, at the end of the story, it, it would say that he'd escaped through an unstrung tennis racket. As <laughs> <laughs> only contortionists can, but it didn't. He was he was nabbed, wasn't he? Oh, and yeah. apparently they have a they have a, a a prison, especially for contortionist thieves. Do they? Five hundred to a cell. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but Frank, really... that would be a really good job for world's shortest man if you can call being a thief a job. Yes, some, I think you some can. would say, yeah. Contra- but I think in broken Britain, it's yeah. uh, it's a popular industry. Yeah, but that would be great uh, for one of the world. Well, there are two actually at the moment. I don't know. Are you familiar with their work, Alan? The world's shortest men. There can't be two world's shortest men, surely. Are, well, are they exactly? The well, same? I tell you what happened is there was the world's shortest man, and there was mm. someone shorter than him. Kagendra oh, no. Maga. Yes, but you. Uh, Yes, that was him falling down the stairs. That was an impression. <laughs> uh, but the other one was, was was on. <laughs> wow. He was under eighteen, and you can't qualify because obviously I could have qualified as the world's shortest man when I was six months old. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to wait till they're finished growing. Yeah. So. Um, so Jean-Ray Balloang has. They're always. To uh, they're always. There's, there's often a head-to-head, as it were. <laughs> So, what's his name? Jean-Ray Balloway. Jean-Ray Balloway. So right now he is chain-smoking and <laughs> just doing everything he possibly can to stay small. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's working on the stunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he would have been good, but it's not as exciting as a contortionist. This bloke was five foot ten. Oh, was yeah. he? Five foot ten in a suitcase. 
And and his, his name was Louis Vuitton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't have worked, would it? Before the wheel, the wheel suitcase, which I particularly hate, I've mentioned on this show before that I, one of my big pet hates is the wheel suitcase. Really? You couldn't have done this crime because imagine carrying him about without the wheels. So, yeah. So mm. the fact that the, that the weight was bearable has led to um, serious crimes being committed. <laughs> I have right, a bugbear about the four-wheeled suitcase because I think it makes people take too much. It's too heavy, and the only reason they take it is because it's on the four wheels, so they mm. take too much, and then when they have to go up some steps, they've realised that they, they physically cannot lift their own suitcase. It's like the darling. You should only take a suitcase that you can carry yourself. I, I agree. Well, I beg to differ. I've always said this, don't pack it if you can't carry it. That's, that's always been my it's view. It's one of your mottos. It, it is one of my <laughs> mottos. I've got a whole league table which I shall expose over the next few weeks. I love the idea of, um, of transferable circus skills. I was on the... I was. I, don't, I once did a gig in Paris and, and walked from the hotel to the the venue where the gig was. What on a big ball? Is that what you're about to tell us? <laughs> I was to say walked. It was more unicycle. <laughs> but they, I walked past uh, some uh, sort of building site work being done, and the French builders were uh, putting in air conditioning units in the ceiling, and. Instead of up a ladder, like mm. a British worker would be, the guy was on special stilts. And I, I oh, proved very marvelous. French. Very I thought, fun. how cool, the French have got circus skills. And did he have, like, those big, ba- long, baggy trousers on that <laughs> yeah, make absolutely. it look a little bit like legs, but with strange knees? For a minute, <laughs> I thought another one was going to come in juggling the tools. <laughs> just, oh, you wanted this hammer, didn't you? It's a, it's a weird moment of thinking yeah. the French are really utilising the, the circus workers that, that they're not employing in Cirque du Soleil anymore. Or <laughs> I remember an elephant, um, an ex-circus elephant at Dudley Zoo, escaped from its enclosure, and they said it's, it's escaped using circus skills it said in the paper <laughs> that must have been on the big ball surely <laughs> lock picking <laughs> that's quite trapeze a... yeah <laughs> you remember an elephant it's usually the other way around isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh, what i really this is en- dudley zoo though <laughs> yeah. what i envy about the uh, the contortionist thief is that i've often wondered what my knees smell like and oh. I'm, I'll never know that. I'm sure there are people out there who can tell us. <laughs> well, there are. Uh, they're not in my phone. <laughs> Anymore. No, definitely not. Uh, that would be... Uh, that would be t- Do you remember the bloke... Now, this was a, a criminal I really admired. He, um, he collected... He was in prison for... He, had a, he was, I think he was a lifer. Oh. And he, he collected, over a period of about 15 years, dental floss. Did he? And he, he got a rope... And lowered himself out of the prison and escaped. A, a dental floss rope, which is the most brilliant. He did crime. what? He constructed a rope. Out yeah, of from dental. dental he, he nicked. I think every week or something they had a, a toiletry blah blah blah, and he mm. used to take an, a, a, a new dental floss container every week, and then he plaited it. And over the years, he built it into a, a rope. That's that's first wow. class. And the brilliant thing was, you know all that gondy stuff you get around the inside of bars in windows? Got rid of all that? Got rid of all that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a true story. (laughs) That bit isn't true. He cleaned the windows so well he got a pardon when they finally caught him. (laughs) Oh, they were pristine. (laughs) Absolutely pristine. That is time-consuming, though, isn't it? Trying to make a rope out of dental floss. I suppose all the time that he would have been making a ship out of matchsticks, he spent making a rope out of dental floss. It is time-consuming, but this is one of the pluses of a life sentence. Yeah. 
We've got a lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frank, Alan, I've just returned. I never got a chance to talk to you in all the excitement of... It was all about you, if I'm honest, Alan, on the Saturday show. Oh, OK. And that's fine, but it just meant that normally I will discuss my holiday and I didn't get a chance. No. That's OK. It's no biggie. How was it? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it now. How was it, oh, your your holiday? Yeah. Was it a coach trip? Is that what <laughs> no. <laughs> coach trip? A megabus. You You've been on a megabus trip. No, I went to the south of France, and it nice. was so posh there, this place. It's a really posh kind of... You know all that great Gatsby era? Mm. It's that sort of hotel. Mm. Um, I think Art Nouveau? Very much so, Frank. Uh-huh. The Hotel du Cap, it's called. Writers and artists Oh, I know together. the Hotel du Cap. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Um, yeah, a thing he used to uh, live there, didn't he? Who? Did F. Scott David Fitzgerald. Ni- did David Niven live there? No, oh, no he, lived, he, lived, he lived just along the coast. David Badil lived there. I don't think he li- I think he worked there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was the maitre d' for a short period. Someone did look a bit like him. It was where sort of writers and artists used to gather. It's now, very famous. Now it's oligarchs and ladies of the night. Oligarch. We never did find out what no, they are. I know. Four what? days we haven't known. Hang on, hang on. Oligarchs and ladies of the night. <laughs> and which capacity were you there in? <laughs> She's well, an oligarch. She's you, an oligarch. You're so much to learn, Alan, about me. Anyway. I saw that there was a thing about uh, Carol Vorderman winning uh, Rear of the Year in the paper. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, That was your honour. There was a picture of her in turn-up jeans. In the thing, and uh, How did you some, one of the comments, readers' comments, someone—I think it was a female name—said, um, "I can't believe those clothes she's wearing. She looks like a walker of the street." <laughs> I thought a walker of the street. Is that an old detective uh, series? Roy Walker of catchphrase, mate. Walker of the street or pedestrian? <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a pedestrian. What's going on? Oh, sorry, carry on. Anyway, guys, this place was so posh. But when I arrived in my car, I had one of those sort of WH Smith bags, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but newsagent bags, which was a bit battered from the journey with my reading matter in it, you know, and all my mm. gubbins. Mm. Took it inside the hotel. As the, as the white-gloved, liveried man opened the door, he, he looked at the plastic bag with such horror. He went, oh! <laughs> and he took it off me. He grabbed it off me. I never saw it again. You're joking. No, I never saw it again. I think it was considered just rot. You can't have that in the lobby. It's so immaculate there. Wow. And then I had problems, because, you know, I, don't, I speak a bit of schoolgirl French, mm-hmm. but it's not great. And I think my reach exceeds my grasp a bit when it comes to a lot of things, actually. I've often thought that. (laughs) Frank. Um, But I attempted to order breakfast, and I thought I did rather well. Petit déjeuner. I ordered what I thought were some Danish pastries, some café noir, uh, some yoghurt, and assorted other little bits, jams and toasts. He he turned up with a shaved pineapple. (laughs) Shaved? Shaved. Shavings of pineapple. Oh, okay. Like it was a really specific off-menu order I'd made. I like to... I think, you know, when in Rome, and whenever I'm abroad, I'll I'll go for the complete um, boiled ham, cheese and cake (laughs) sort of uh, (laughs) breakfast that they seem to favour. Yeah. Yeah. But you've you've kept it quite uh, anglaise. Did you eat the pineapple or did you well, say I had to, non, non, non? No, did I had to that? pretend it's what I'd ordered. I went, no. oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. Oh, OK. I had to pretend. <laughs> it was healthier. Yeah, it was. But it was fabulous. But I did also... I met a girl when I was over there who was lovely. Oh, here it comes. No! If ever Emily says that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Frank, like... there was an incident. Oh, no. 
she assumed, I think she assumed I was Jewish. Well, I'm not Jewish. People often think this about me. Yes, I, I almost used to think you mm. were Jewish. A lot of people do. And I take that as a great compliment. Well, I think, if I may say, it's based on the idea of the North London Jewish princess. Or the, mm. as, as some, it's like grand young women, always yeah. immaculately dressed. And with a certain, I'm going to say haughtiness and see how it uh, goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with haunting. And I think you, you, you mean you hang around in North London quite a lot. So you, I can see how someone would make that mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, she kept saying, oh, us North Londoners, us. And then I realised she thought I was Jewish. Mm. Well, then I had to sort of pretend I was. Mm. Because I didn't. Well, I don't know about the phrase have to. No, I never said I was Jewish, but I let her believe I was. So I'm, that was being economical with the truth. I just didn't ever correct her. She wrongly assumed it. And I felt it would disappoint her and ruin our bond if she knew the tr- the awful truth. But you shouldn't have worn that long ragged overcoat <laughs> and sang "Consider Yourself." <laughs> I think. I mean, you lapsed into the stereotypical. What you did there was what my mum used to call lying by omission. If you got caught lying <gasps> oh. by omission, you were a you were a bad boy. That's I was, what I did. Yeah, lying by omission. You definitely did it. Do you think it was Robert? It made her happy. I'll never see her I again. I think David Livingstone was once called lying by omission. <laughs> I think he was just tired. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Living... Oh, God, don't... I'm so sorry. I was, I was only having a... Yeah. What, what, so how did you... Um, did you talk about Jewish stuff? I mean, you don't have to... Well, it's it's not she, like Jewish people talk about Jewish things all the well, time. Well, no, she it? did. She talked about Jewish kind of social life, and she'd well, say, oh, she? well, you know what it's like. And I'd say, yes, anyway. And I just kept changing the subject. Because yeah. I'd gone too far. I was too far deep into being Jewish... I couldn't get out. At any point when she said, do you know what it's like, did you say, oi vey? Because that is a problem. That, that is, is not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> did she mention Beth Din or the filter fish? <laughs> the filter fish. No, but I think I used Yiddish at one point. You think? You, you used, <laughs> I think I used Yiddish. How did, how did that manifest itself? Well, no, because I've grown up in North London, it comes very naturally to me. It's part of my mm. lexicon. So I said, you don't want to pay that? Schmuck prices. Can I say? <laughs> I did say that. Can she I say looked that, approving. That, that oh, Emily's God. arms were everywhere during that, that statement. And shoulders. There was a Jewish shrug there, definitely. There was. Exactly. So I said, you don't want to pay that? It's schmuck prices. And she looked approvingly. She smiled at me as if to say, this friendship's going to last long. And, uh, and did you uh, change uh, addresses? Well, no, but I think she did say she was going to listen to the show. Did she? Yeah. That's a slight problem, isn't it? Let's hope not the podcast. (laughs) The podcast is where you come out as as being a Gentile. Well, like like, (laughs) some of my... I've lived next door to some very nice Gentiles. (laughs) I'd like to apologise to her. She was a lovely girl. And I'd still like to be her friend. Will she have me, even though I'm not Jewish? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Mm. And we'd all second that. Yeah, I definitely would. (laughs) She could be a new contact, and that's... uh, We've unfriended a few. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> it's an, see. People always assume that I'm um, a big drinker. Right. People yes, regularly say to me, oh, "I saw you at the uh, but oh, you, you you've had a few, haven't you?" No, <laughs> I haven't had a drink since September the twenty fourth night. Yeah, oh, you, and and that's a worry to me because that suggests I might be developing some sort of um, disability of some kind, which makes me seem drunk. <laughs> Is it not that just people fill in the gaps? You know, like, that's one of the problems with getting witnesses, isn't it? That people make assumptions about what they've actually seen rather than what they have seen. Is it that? Do you think? Do you think? Yeah, but you do, have a sort of a, a 
a career that people have fought. They know that you're into football and that you... So they think I'm a... Yeah. He's people a new make lad. Some sort of oike. Well, people make assumptions, don't they? <laughs> oh, my God, they make assumptions. There's no question about that. They often think, as far as I can tell from walking around London, they think I'm invisible. Oh, not invisible. They think that I'm some sort of hologram. <laughs> people walk into me on a regular basis. Really? And... And I mean, really, I can see someone coming, and, I, and I'm thinking, well, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to go slightly at an angle here, so we can straight both get past. Uh-huh. You know, I'll lead with one shoulder. I don't mind that. They just keep, and I don't mean, I don't necessarily mean hoodlums. Like they can be little old ladies, attractive young women, straight on. And I'm, it's always, always me that has to do the sideways. I know step. exactly what you mean. My mate Neil was once on a tube platform and said he genuinely thought he might be invisible because a person walked towards him. He was stepping back and back and back, and he eventually ended up pinned up adjacent <laughs> to the tube map while the guy stood right in front of him oh looking at the tube map and he couldn't move. And he was thinking, can you not see that I'm here? I'm, I'm trying to perhaps get past it was, Perhaps it was long-sighted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I find it absolutely puzzling. It's weird. It's a weird moment. I'm thinking that people in the natural insecurity of their lives see everyone they pass as a little moment of confrontation. Mm. And that to give in, to, to move even slightly to one side is to suggest some sort of weakness. I'm blaming the class system. Yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're put upon. Whereas way. because I'm, I mean, brimming with self-confidence, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't mind doing the shoulder. What happens if we all adopt that thing? You're just going to walk straight into each other. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, as I've said to you before, Emily, if I see anyone reading, reading their phone, I will deliberately I'll go out of my way to walk into them as a lesson. Yes, yeah, so he goes a bit mental. Oh, it's a bugbear of mine. Don't, don't move and not look where you're going. Like, looking where you're going. If you're, if you're looking at your phone, stop. Stop moving. There's no momentum needed. You can stop and look at it and then walk again. Yeah. Heads up. Absolutely I, right. I've considered carrying a small, squeaky child's toy hammer and just rapping people on the forehead <laughs> if they're not looking where they're going. So you can do that because you're how tall are you? I'm about six foot three. See, if I started doing that, <laughs> I think I might. I, I'm in for a man in my age. I don't know if I could take those sort of regular roughings up. <laughs> Perhaps something more gentle, like a sticker, just a little sticker on their head saying, "Wasn't looking where going." <laughs> or something. I don't know. But you can't. You can't assume anything nowadays. What about this? I was. I was. This is absolutely true. I was looking at the Sky Plus thing mm. for. There's a program on BBC for Mark Gattis's History of Horror. Do you know mm. this? No. Yes. Mark Gattis's History of Horror, and I looked at it, and the notes came up, and it said, "May contain horror." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it also said that about pop star to opera star. <laughs> Radio. The home of the home of Frank Skinner. Saturday mornings from eight. Ah. Absolute Radio.